Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring the show to the public where each week we are talking about Reiki, all things surrounding Reiki, its history, its practices, discovery, Things that would very much be of interest to the founder of Reiki, Mikao Sui. Um, Mikao Sui was always on the quest for knowledge. He was a excellent martial artist. He was a Tendai Buddhist. He loved discussing um, religion, philosophy, sociology, people. Um, was an avid. Um, studier of metaphysics and uh, the meaning of life and and from that came his wonderful Reiki which is a method and a practice for personal and spiritual growth as well as healing method Reiki is universal life force energy it is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary and needed. Reiki energy has wisdom of its own, bringing healing and balance to all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal, and spiritual development. I apologize if I sound a little froggy tonight. Um, It's been a bad allergy day today, bad, a lot of pollen out there. And I feel for all of you who are listening who suffer from allergies, as I do. Um, For more information, you can visit my website, which is www.violetrosereiki.com. Or just violetrosereiki.com. I think we're doing away with the www nowadays. You can also find me on Facebook as Violet Rose Reiki. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Tumblr, Pinterest, most social media. Um, I have classes. Usually I have uh, most level classes every month. And you can check out the website for my services. I keep trying to bring diversified and updated and new services to my clients because it is all about personal and spiritual growth. And that is my mission in life. I feel that um, I'm here to help. I'm here to guide people and show them the way and also help people heal. It's one of the greatest uh, things 
that I can do and that I love doing. I just want everyone to be whole and loved and know that they are loved. And Reiki definitely brings that to all of us. There's a page on Facebook which is called Reiki Ward. I have developed this page. It is three years old, a little baby, three years old. And um, this is for distance Reiki healing for free for humans and animals all over the world. Go to Reiki Ward or type in Reiki Ward page in Facebook and you'll come across it and just post your healing request um, on the page just as you would you know, put in a request on anyone's page or put up a post on anyone's page. It's very simple. And we will get on it immediately and start sending healing uh, to the person that you have requested us to work on. Reiki Ward generally does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And we also place the request on our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy work and healing. And I have to point out something because generally before I start a show, things are very um, very zen and very uh, quiet here in the studio. I'm just getting ready to do the show, do my own thing. And Pashta's usually beside me or in the office here. And you know, we're very chill getting ready to broadcast. However... I saw a post right before I went on air by my dear friend and student, Joe. And it it really just, you know, got me so frustrated, upset, whatever. We we need a new precept just for today. Don't get frustrated. Um, Just for today, do not anger. Well, this kind of got me angry because the post was... A boy told he can't read Bible in school in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. A lot of bad news coming out of Florida these days. Um, A South Florida student says he wanted to read the Bible during some free time. So heads up, key phrase, free time in class. But what the teacher did next has his family furious. Fifth grader Giovanni Rubio said, He pulled out the Bible for free reading. Again, guys, free at Park Lakes Elementary School. He said the teacher asked him twice to put the Bible on her desk, but he refused. And she then asked him to come up, and and I believe the story's on Facebook. Um, Maybe I'll share it later so y'all can see it. Um, But she asked him, and then she had him come up to class and phoned his parents with him there and basically told the parents he's not allowed to read that in her classroom. And a whole thing ensued. And um, bottom line is he was allowed to read whatever he wanted to read during free time. particular teacher did not want him reading any religious book in her classroom. What is happening to the world? I mean, we're supposed to be getting better. We're supposed to be healing. We're supposed to be becoming one. We're supposed to be awakening. We're supposed to be evolving. And and now we have this, that this is going back to the book burnings in Nazi Germany. I, I really I can't wrap my head around this type of stuff going on in the year 2014. And I just had to make you guys aware of this. How are we going to reach the point of oneness when you've got this kind of stuff going on in the world? So I think I'll post this on my wall, Violet Rose Reiki, later on, so you all know what I'm talking about. You all can check it out. But it's just very disheartening. It's just, it's very upsetting. And um, I really think we should all pull together to make everyone aware that this is still going on and that we need to really just stop it. It needs to stop. Um, Hearts need to open 
heads need to not be so hard. <laughs> we need to embrace a new thinking. And uh, it's just, it's so upsetting. But anyway, enough. I made my little God on my soapbox. And uh, tonight we are going to be talking about Reiki and PTSD, otherwise known as post-traumatic stress disorder. And post-traumatic stress disorder may develop after a person is exposed to one or more traumatic events, such as sexual assault, warfare, serious injury, or threats of imminent death. The diagnosis may be given when a group of symptoms, such as disturbing reoccurring flashbacks, avoidance or numbing of memories of the event, and hyperarousal continue for more than a month after the occurrence of a traumatic event. Most people have experienced a traumatizing event will not develop PTSD. Women are more likely to experience higher impact events and are also more likely to develop PTSD than men. Children are less likely to experience PTSD after trauma than adults, especially if they are under 10 years of age. War veterans are commonly at risk for PTSD. With today's technology and communication systems, it's easy to become aware of world events as well as individual experiences. What was once experienced locally can now be shared globally. Trauma, oftentimes part of the human condition, whether experienced individually or collectively, can now be experienced vicariously through the Internet and or television. It's no wonder that awareness of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, has risen dramatically and information about this condition is much more readily available. PTSD is still an individualized experience with ramifications for the family as well as the community. It is an injury of the soul and the spirit of the person. Reiki can calm and restore the spirit, oftentimes bringing healing to old buried wounds. Now, when they say soul, okay, um, although primarily thought to be associated with military personnel, post-traumatic stress disorder can affect anyone who has witnessed or been a victim of a crime or traumatic event. It is frequently associated with victims or survivors of physical assault. Someone with PTS, PTSD or some um, relive the event or situation over and over and over again. Flashbacks can occur during the day or night in the form of nightmares. These flashbacks can leave someone debilitated, unable to function with normal daily activities. Not only does the individual relive the trauma through flashbacks, they develop a fear of future events as well. Okay. The classification The term PTSD was first coined in 1980 when the American Psychiatric Association, the main professional organization of psychiatrists in the United States, added PTSD to their 
Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, otherwise known as the DSM. The DSM is the standard classification of mental disorders used by mental health professionals in the United States. Classification by the DSM was important because it overemphasized the causative agent of PTSD was outside of the individual, meaning outside events. Traumatic event, rather than an inherent weakness. Classification was revised in 1987, 94, and 2000, as they came to understand that different people have different perceptions of trauma, as well as different responses or vulnerability to developing symptoms after being exposed to extreme stressful events or situations. One important finding was not apparent that was not apparent when PTSD was first proposed as a diagnosis in 1980 is that it is relatively common. Recent data shows PTSD prevalence rates are 5% and 10% respectively among American men and women. Rates of PTSD are much higher in a post-conflict setting. Symptoms of PTSD, the common symptoms of PTSD as described by people with diagnosis are re-experiencing the trauma through flashbacks, nightmares, obsessive thoughts. They can see, hear, smell, taste things that seem real. Insomnia, nightmares, intrusive thoughts, thoughts that are unwanted, feeling uncontrollable and often pertain to disturbing or distressing themes. Concentration problems, numbness, depression, feelings of estrangement from others, feelings of wanting to be alone, hypervigilance, always being on the alert, always ready to fight or do battle. So they're always in that flight or fight pattern, which then leads to production of cortisol, which is not good. Gaining weight, adding belly fat, etc. Sudden startling irritability, anger, panic, shame, guilt, survivor's guilt, avoidance of situations, people, objects, things that remind them of the traumatic event or events. Increased anxiety in general. One of the main reasons that people do not report these symptoms is these can easily be mistaken for symptoms of mental illness. People often fear that diagnosis, its stigma, and all its consequences. Perhaps this is why less than 50% of veterans seek help. And again, I'm amazed, I have to add this little footnote here, I'm amazed that in the year 2014, people are still afraid to report or speak about, you know, um, I don't feel well, Uh, this is happening to me emotionally, or I have this happening to me, you know, on a soul level, spiritually, um, they're afraid. And the fear is exactly that, the stigma of, you know, they're going to think I'm crazy. And so many people do not seek help for the conditions that sometimes and unfortunately do the men because they're afraid of being thought that they are crazy. And they still have 
thoughts of psychiatric wards of years ago and, and all the horrible things that were done at the time because of ignorance. But it's no longer, you know, like that. It's not a horrible thing. The body is ill. The body is sick. I have a pain in my leg. I have a pain in my arm. I have a sore throat. Go to a doctor. Go to an MD. The body. Fix the body. It's okay. Nobody says, oh, you went to a doctor for a tennis elbow? You're crazy. You have to lock you in a straitjacket, put you in a padded cell, and, you know, whoa, take you right out of society, and you're a wackadoodle. Doesn't, doesn't have that attachment. But still, in this day and age, people are afraid to speak up and say, you know, I'm, I'm not well. There's something wrong. Something wrong emotionally. Something wrong uh, mentally, spiritually, there's something wrong. No, no one would ever say, you know, there's something wrong with my soul. My soul doesn't feel well. But your soul not feeling well or things that are wrong with you on a soul level do, in fact, come out, manifest in some type of mental illness some type of emotional illness. And if you have mental and emotional illnesses, then you need to see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, psychotherapist, counselor, anyone in the psych industry you need to go to because they deal with the psyche. So leave your psyche and, and, and neglect it because you're all wrapped up in your physical body. Again, we are made up of four auric fields. The closest to the body, and it, it's like the body, it, it mirrors the body, is the physical auric field. And then you have your emotional, mental, spiritual. All of these bodies need to be taken care of. You can't take care of one and neglect the other three. Because this is your aura. This is you. This is the whole that comprises you. You can't just say you know, I'm just going to take care of my physical body and everything else I'm going to ignore. You can't because you're not whole. You're not well as a whole. So you're definitely out of balance. And when we come to Reiki for healing, that's what Reiki does. Reiki balances you brings balance to all four bodies so that you can then be balanced and in being balanced, you are whole. And Reiki on a consistent basis helps keep you whole. It's a preventative measure. The problem with the Western medicine mindset is I'm going to liken this to a car. You have a car. You know that every so often you need an oil change. You get it. Oh, 3,000 miles. I need to change my oil. Um, You know, I need to have the air conditioning running because it's hot, so let me have my air conditioning fluids checked. Uh, I need power steering fluids, and I have to check that on a regular basis. Otherwise, I'll lose my power steering, my brakes. You get the idea, okay? You do it with your car, right? You do it with yourself. How many people go to see their doctors and and have tests done regularly? I think the number is kind of low. And how many people do things that will bring health to their own bodies? How many people exercise daily? How many people watch what they eat? 
and they consume. Because if you get, if you have a brand new Mercedes or if someone gifted you a brand new Austin Martin or Rolls Royce, you know you're going to be putting the high, expensive, best gasoline, best quality gasoline, oil, everything you can into that beauty of a vehicle, right? At the same time, you could be eating at McDonald's three times a week and eating all this processed food, tons and pounds of sugar. Um, You take good care of your car, why not you? So... What you put in, you get. And taking good care of ourselves, the vessel that holds our beautiful souls, is preventative medicine. So doing Reiki, if you're a practitioner, doing it daily is is fantastic. And, And we know this. If you're not a Reiki practitioner... And you you don't you're obviously you're not practicing self treatment. You can still do exercise. You can do qigong, tai chi. You can maintain your body by seeing your doctor, by seeing a chiropractor, by seeing a, an acupuncturist, getting massage. There are all these things that you can do to maintain the body. Preventative measures. All about taking care of self. Don't ever worry about someone's going to think you're crazy because it's not about everyone else. Your life is about you. Don't worry. They're going to think I'm crazy. I'm a wackadoodle. I need a straitjacket. You do what you need to do for yourself. And that being said, I want to remind you all, it's not selfish. Too many of us have, we're worried about being selfish. We're worried about being vain. We're worried about Guilt, survivor's guilt, like with the PTSD. You know, you can feel very guilty knowing that many people around you died and you're still here. Well, there's a purpose for everything. So it all starts with taking care of you. Never feel selfish about taking care of you. Okay? Because you are here for a reason. And we don't all know the reasons why we're here. But we're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. Do your very best to take care of yourself. Now, causes of PTSD, it's important to remember that not everyone who experiences a traumatic event gets PTSD. Many factors come into play. Some of the many causes or risks, risk factors for PTSD are serious accident, injury, mutilation, rape, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, betrayal by a loved one, war, attacks, bombings, community violence, loss of family members, Loss of job, natural disasters, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, and floods. Additional risk factors include how intense the trauma was or how long it lasted. If you were injured or lost someone important to you, how close you were to the event how strong your reaction was, how much you felt in control of events, how much help and support you got after the event. That brings me back to memories of when my dad passed away. I felt that I had to be the rock for my family. We went to see him in the hospital. He was already dead. It was the last viewing of the body. They called us and told us, come in. And everyone was falling apart. Everyone was just falling apart. And and I just said, you know, the wounded healer here. It's like, I've got to keep everyone together. So I kept everyone together. There were five of us there. And kept everyone together during that moment and after. And through the wake and after. I was the pole. I was the rock. I was the tether. 
And then all of a sudden, three weeks after my dad passed, I was in the basement of our house in his office and his music room. And I just fell apart, started crying hysterically out of nowhere. Nothing triggered it. I didn't, you know, um, just boom. It came upon me and I started crying hysterically. And I let that go. I just cried as much and as hard as I could. Just a really deep, cathartic cry because I knew it had to come out. You know, it's like, okay, this has been bubbling up for almost a month now. Time to let it go. And I let it go the way you let loose a rope holding onto a ship and let it go out. Because I knew if I had continued to hold that in, it was not going to be good. Um, Many people who go through a trauma have some symptoms at the beginning. Only some will develop PTSD over time. Being exposed to violence as a child, as well as a family history of mental illness, depression, mood disorders, and anxiety, may increase the risk of developing PTSD after a traumatic event. A recent study suggested that the roots of PTSD may not be the battlefield, but in childhood, where emotional problems and traumatic events were experienced. The level of violence in a person's life prior to military experience seemed to be more of a causative factor in the development of PTSD than exposure to combat or other war atrocities. People with PTSD are not the only ones who are affected by trauma. Those in the helping professions, such as medical personnel, doctors, nurses, first responders, emergency workers, firefighters, police, therapists, social workers, reporters, and even energy workers can experience the effects of trauma vicariously because of an empathic connection with the person. Being committed and or responsible for helping others, seeing suffering every day, being repeatedly exposed to horrific trauma, or inhumane acts committed on another human being can eat at the soul or spirit of those trying to help. Hope can be lost and compassion fatigue can set in, oftentimes leading to burnout. I remember in the beginning of my practice, I had many people coming to me who were cancer patients. They were coming to get Reiki healing, for the cancer and also the the chemotherapy, which was really knocking everything out of them. And I would be treating them. And oftentimes when I was behind them and I had their hands, uh, my hands on their head or holding their head, I would start thinking about all the members of my family that I lost to cancer. And having that trigger and having this person in front of me that I'm giving Reiki too, and I am very empathic, I'd start to cry. Now, you know, here I am doing Reiki. I have a client on the table. I'm, I'm, I'm working, and I've got great tears coming down. I look like Niagara Falls. And at one point, I called a friend of mine. and said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I can't keep doing this because every time I have a cancer patient uh, client, I fall apart and I'm, you know, I'm Reiki flowing, tears are flowing. It was just, it was bad. And my friend said, well, you have to approach this in a clinical way. Think of nurses, think of doctors, you know, put your mindset there. And, you know, it's, it's your job. It's what you have to do. Take the emotion out of it. So I started practicing that and I started, you know, putting the boundary up this is this is not emotional this is work this is this is what you're doing this is reiki and ever since that point in time it got so much better because i knew i couldn't continue to practice reiki uh doing that so um you know it's that empathic connection that we have to kind of distance ourselves from when working 
the person who was dedicated to helping others loses hope and can also become depressed himself or herself. Okay, cheers, whatever. Even Reiki practitioners, because of their compassion and energetic connection, can develop compassion fatigue from listening to and working with those experiencing trauma over a long period of time. And that's very true even in the uh, counseling. In my practice, I do counseling. And sometimes if you have a week where you're doing a lot of counseling and you're you're there for all these other people and you're getting a lot of this, you know, you need to take measures to heal yourself and clear yourself so that you don't hang on to, you know, all of the energy that's been happening with this compassion and energetic connection and empathy. So, again, when I say Reiki practitioners, you know, self-treatment first, heal yourself first, make sure you are 100% before you go to treat someone. I mean it. I mean, if I'm having a a, a black kind of day or, you know, I, I, I'm just not feeling right and I, I want to take a couple of days for myself, I will not take appointments those days because um, I have to be 100% in order to work on, on someone. And if I'm not, well, then I'm not going to give you a part of me. When people come to my uh, office for a Reiki session, counseling session, they are getting 100% rose. They're not getting a half of me or a quarter of me. And it's not a selfish thing. It's perfectly fine for any practitioner of any modality to be 100%. And if you're not and you just don't feel like it or you're having a bad week, don't take appointments. Because the bottom line is, it is not about the almighty dollar. Yeah, money's a great thing. But, you know, where's it going to get you? If you keep doing it, you're not there. And people feel it when you're not there. Well, you know. Um, and you owe it to yourself to always treat yourself with honor. So honor yourself and take care of yourself. And honor yourself in being 100% there for those that you're interacting with or those that you're servicing. Now, the fight or flight response. We'll get to that in just a minute. I'm going to take a brief break. Be back soon. You're listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Shihan, Rose Jimenez, your source for all things Reiki in love, light, and healing. We're back. Okay. Where did we leave off? Fight or flight response. Okay. Our bodies 
are designated for survival. And our free responses to stress, flight or freeze. When we perceive a threat, stress hormones are released to activate the body's protective mechanisms. Often this is referred to as an adrenaline rush. Blood flow of the muscles increases, blood pressure and pulse rates increase, and breathing becomes faster, all to enable the person to respond to the perceived danger. Any function that is not needed for immediate survival either slows down or shuts down. Digestion slows down. The immune response is suppressed. Hunger diminishes etc. Repeated exposure to stress or a stress response sustained over a long period of time can have a damaging impact on one's health. And I'm just going to interject this here because we're really on topic with it. I am very much a non-proponent of multitasking. I advise people not, when they're looking for jobs, do not take a job that says must be able to multitask. Do not take a job that says works well under pressure. Uh, Don't get involved in anything that says can handle pressure very well. You don't want to put yourself in a pressure cooker in any way, shape, or form. Multitasking is a cause of pressure. Anyone asking you to work and be subjected to eight hours or more of pressure on a daily basis, that's not a job ad. That's a suicide ad. Take this job, have constant pressure, die young. To me, that's what those ads are saying. Now, back to the matter at hand, it can also lead to negative coping mechanisms, such as excessive smoking, eating, drinking, numbing through drugs, or other maladaptive behaviors. And again, folks, this is not, this what I'm saying right now, does not relate solely and only to PTSD. It's in your daily life. If, if you're doing something or involved in something and you see these signs, these little flags go up, make a change immediately. For the person with PTSD, the perception of danger is a constant and they're always, quote, on. The body is thus constantly stressed and health problems can develop a result, as a result. In the past, going to war to protect the tribe, the family, or the nation was often seen as a rite of passage. Many cultures had physical, mental, and spiritual rituals to prepare their young boys for war. The rite of passage from young boyhood into manhood by going into battle was viewed as an integral part of life. Boys were taught to surrender their ego for the greater good. When the battle was over, they were welcomed back as men. There were many rituals of return, purification, cleansing, and celebration. The men were encouraged to tell their story as a way to clear, heal, grow, and move on. In other words, as a catharsis. War today is much more destructive on many levels and has lingering effects, physically and emotionally. Chemical warfare bombings and other forms of attack can affect soldiers while in battle and as well as after they return home. The concepts of battle as a rite of passage may exist to a degree, but the return is much different. Soldiers often come back to a culture of denial. Remember the Vietnam War? Rituals for healing may be non-existent, and vets are often isolated with no sense of community. They don't get to tell this story as a form of healing. Denial is the name of the game. 
Perhaps this contributes to the development of PTSD. Injury to the soul. PTSD can develop after an injury to the soul. The primal urge to survive dominates the human experience. In times of crisis or trauma, a person may often do anything to survive. A person being robbed or raped, assaulted or beaten may surrender to give in just to stay alive. In times of war or battle, innocent people may be killed. Horrific things may be done to another human being or a soldier can survive an attack when others in his or her command didn't. The soul knows the difference between good and bad, right and wrong. The above are examples of good people being caught in impossible dilemmas. The things they do survive, maybe at odds, to survive, maybe at odds, with their core ethical and moral beliefs. A person may have to go against his or her conscience and find it challenging to be in his or her own worth and goodness afterwards. Shame and guilt may follow contributing to the development of PTSD as well. Now, Reiki also brings physical healing, which contributes to improved mood and outlook. Patients who have undergone Reiki therapy report to have improved sleep quality, reduced addictions, pain relief, and increased energy. The Reiki technique can also help those suffering from acute trauma as the treatment restores and balances the body's natural healing energy. As a gentle, non-intrusive, powerful form of energy work that reduces anxiety and stress, Reiki helps trigger the body and the mind's natural restorative abilities. PTSD patients, could benefit greatly from Reiki therapy through a reduction of psychological distresses, allowing them to finally move forward on a path to healing. Now, those of you who know acupuncture um, will be familiar with these acupoints. And these are from a site called ReikiLearningLounge.com. And there's a a tremendous amount of Reiki information and knowledge at this site. Again, the site is ReikiLearningLounge.com. And they recommend that these are the acupoints for treating PTSD. The bladder meridian. Conception vessel, gallbladder meridian, governor vessel, large intestine meridian, liver and lung meridian, pericardium meridian, spleen meridian, stomach meridian, and triple energizer meridian. Now the bladder meridian is the back, gallbladder meridian side, governor vessel back, Large intestine meridian side. Triple energizer meridian back. So check that out at the ReikiLearningLounge.com. And they have a lot of information on Reiki, which you'll enjoy as well. Without treatment, the anxiety disorder manifests itself in prolonged bouts of depression, anger, management issues, sleeplessness, and an inability to focus. And as we said, diagnosing and treating PTSD has been challenging. As this disorder has only just begun to gain understanding and acceptance. While traditional psychological treatments have had varying degrees of success, many of the effective had turned to alternative forms of treatment to address the symptoms plaguing them. Now, in let's see, back in 2008, Fort Bliss, Texas, 
a revolutionary treatment program here in Port Cliff is demonstrating what they call little miracles as it gives new hope to soldiers afflicted with PTSD. The new program is the brainchild of clinical psychologist John E. Fortunato, who uses a holistic approach to treating PTSD at the Fort Bliss Restoration and Resilience Center. Fortunato conceded that his proposal wasn't an easy sell initially, particularly because it wove yoga, massage therapy, and other non-traditional approaches into its treatment program. But driven by the frustration of seeing soldiers with PTSD forced to leave the Army against their wishes, Fortunato pressed forward and won approval for his prototype program. With a $2.2 million in initial funding, in a 1940s barracks building to rehab, he set out to launch the Restoration and Resilience Center in 2006. Fortunato was convinced traditional PTSD treatments weren't long enough, intense enough, or comprehensive enough. So he set out to create this program to address all of the aspects. The participants, all volunteers, take about one half of the doses of medication they would typically get through community mental health programs. That's because we're doing a bunch of other things, Fortunato says. Many PTSD-afflicted soldiers experience hyperarousal, which the center staff treats with techniques like medical massage and Reiki, a Japanese stress reduction technique. Acupuncture has proven to be extremely effective in treating the anxiety, panic, and tension-induced physical pain many experience, Fortunato says. Now, I've always described Reiki to to put it in simplistic terms so that people could understand when they would say, well, what is Reiki? And I would say to them, Reiki is like acupuncture without needles. That's basically what Reiki is. To to give you the, the quickie version of Reiki, That's what it is. No needles, but it's like acupuncture. It's energy that's being transmitted to your body. And like I said, in in our case, no needles. Um, So there's a big physical component to the program, too. These soldiers must walk. At least a thousand, no, I'm sorry, 10,000 steps a day, including a 45 minute power walk. They play water polo three times a week, forcing interaction. Um, and Fortunato said many would have avoided. There's another piece of PTSD they want to totally isolate. They don't like to interact with other people. So we have them interact with people they feel most comfortable with, other soldiers with PTSD. Field trips during the program take the soldiers to the local mall and Walmart. Two hells for PTSD sufferers. Too many of them because they're too big, too crowded, and too noisy. Fortunato said... We teach them ways to regulate their stress level so they can handle those kind of environments. Many afflicted soldiers have trouble with concentration and memory. For them, the program's mix of physical activity and calming techniques appears to help. They do yoga, tai chi, a Chinese martial art, qigong, a centuries-old Chinese self-healing method, and biofeedback, which uses the mind to heal the body. We have a meditation room that looks like it came right out of a Zen monastery, Fortunato said. The program aims to repair the physical damage to the learning center in many PTSD sufferers. The program 
sorry, the program aims to repair the physical damage to the learning center. The good news is learning center is one of only two parts of the brain that can grow new cells. So his program requires participants to sit at a computer several times a day doing mental exercises to help them regain their cognitive functioning. While confronting the physical aspects of PTSD, the program addresses the emotional and spiritual as few soldiers came back from war without terrible images and events in their head. Many suck it up and soldier on in the combat theater because they have no choice. But when they return home, these issues can percolate to the surface as nightmares, flashbacks, and other problems. Fortunato's program uses rehearsal therapy to help participants confront their most painful memories and experiences. The soldier tells the story as painful as it is over and over until you emptied it of its emotional punch. They are never going to forget the story, but it doesn't have to have the grip on their guts that it did before. Meanwhile, many soldiers with PTSD find that their combat experience has shaken their core beliefs and values. A chaplain helps them review the big organizing things in their lives. We weren't doing much to address this before, but it's critical to a soldier's healing, he said. Fortunato said there's nothing monumental about the Recovery and Resilience Center's approach to treating PTSD. If you put it, all of that together, it isn't magic. None of it is magic. And you know what? None of it is new. All we did is we looked at the whole soldier and tried to heal all of him. The whole soldier approach appears to be paying off. Twelve of the 37 soldiers who volunteered for the program have graduated and returned to their units among the recent graduates is a soldier who was in a catatonic state, but now is free of all signs. Little miracles are what we are watching happen. So it's a wonderful thing, and it it definitely is helping. And again, thumbs up for Reiki because the more people implement it in their healing um, repertoire, the more people will be healed. And the more um, we'll see people becoming whole, one by one, everyone balanced and whole. That's the aim, guys. We want everyone to be balanced, whole, so that they can integrate with each other and we all will become one. When you speak about oneness, that's what it's all about. It's all about becoming whole, becoming balanced, and integrating to the oneness that is the new world, the new paradigm. I want to thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we'll be back next week with how Reiki can help me. Namaste. Have a beautiful weekend in love, light, and healing.